welcome to the Turn Up the Volume on Your Voice podcast with Charlotte Foster. Turn Up the Volume on Your Voice is a podcast all about podcasting. My name is Charlotte and I've been podcasting since 2017. Before that, I was in radio. In fact, first time I went live behind a microphone was in 1998. Yes, that was last century. I love listening to podcasts, making podcasts and helping others make podcasts too. All through my business, Charlotte Foster Podcasts. I promise you I am far more creative when it comes to podcasting than I am when it comes to making up names for businesses. Welcome to this week's episode of Turn Up the Volume on Your Voice. I hope you're well. This week we're going to be looking at why you might want to think about outsourcing your podcast editing and what it is a podcast editor does. So I'm going to give you a day in the life of Charlotte Foster from Charlotte Foster Podcasts because I was the only available podcast editor to come on and talk about it this week. Uh, it comes off the back of last week's episode where I talked about podcast editing itself, about whether you should edit, how much editing you should do. Is there such a thing as too much editing? Is there such a thing as not enough editing? And where are those boundaries? What, what, what lines are there to, to go over? So I thought it'd be useful to explain my kind of run through, my kind of work that I do. So the first thing I want to say is I do more than just straight podcast editing. Straight podcast editing is one of the things I offer, but most, in fact, all of my clients want a little bit more than just straight podcast editing. I do a little bit more than that. So it's up to you to decide what it is you want from your podcast editor. Do you want them to just just do the editing or do you they might offer other services as well. There's lots of options out there. You can go on lots of the freelancer websites to find somebody as well. Fiverr or, or Upwork are probably the most popular. Or you can do a search, just a general search on LinkedIn. There's plenty of us on there. Um, and decide what it is you want and decide, decide what value is being given. Places like Fiverr, places like Upwork, you will get some quite cheap options but you've got to work out for yourself if that's good value or not. I'll be honest, I'm not very cheap. Well, I'm not one of the cheapest options anyway. Um, but like I say, I do more than just, just editing. So I think I give good value rather than necessarily the cheapest price. So like I say, I do offer not just podcast editing. I do other bits and bobs. It ranges from editing and giving feedback. It ranges from editing, making an audiogram, doing all the distribution, all the hosting. And it can also range from sitting down with you, planning, planning your podcast, planning your episodes, recording those episodes with you, and then I'll go off and do the rest for you. I add the tits and the tinsel. That's the phrase I like to use. And I've been getting some good feedback on that phrase recently. People have enjoyed it. It's not offensive, is it? No, I don't think so. So I thought I would talk to you about a couple of the clients that I have and the, the services I offer them and, and what I do for each of them. And just the kind of the effort that's involved in it, if that makes sense. So client one, I'm going to keep my clients confidential. The client one, she does a monthly podcast, interviews her own guests. She sets those guests up herself. She deals with all of that. 
It's normally around 30 to 45 minutes long, I would say. I think we've snuck up to an hour maybe once. Um, but normally 30 to 45 minutes, the whole episode, not the raw audio, the, the finished episode. Originally, our agreement was that I would do my providing a kit. So she would get use of my microphones, the recording stuff that I use uh, and my expertise as well on, uh, on site. So I would set it all up and I would deal with all the recording side of things. All she had to do was talk and worry about her guests and what they were going to say. Uh, But funnily enough, um, I'm pretty sure you can guess what happened next or you know what happened next. Yes, yes, that little funny thing called a pandemic came along, which meant we couldn't do in-person recording. And actually still, I'm not doing in-person recording at the moment. I just still don't think it's quite the right thing to do, by the by. So what we do instead now is uh, she records her interviews using Zoom, sends them to me. She knows, because she's done the interview, she knows which bits editorially she wants getting rid of. So it could be chunks or it could just be the odd sentence here or there. So I get a sheet and she has all the time codes and I just take those out. What I then do is I will listen across it again. I will take out the ums, the ers, some of them. If you listened to last week's episode, you'll know that I don't take out all the ums and ers if it's going to ruin the pattern of a speech or take away that bit of someone's personality. As you can hear, I am an er. It's a natural part of speaking. And I think that the overly polished um, ums and ers all taken out just doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel authentic, for want of a better word. So I will do all that cleanup for her, take out the ums, ers, the interruptions, especially with Zoom, in particular when you've got two people on a call, there's that sometimes that joltiness, isn't there, that you think someone's finished talking, so someone else starts, but they've carried on because you've got a delay. I can clean all, I clean all that up and I make sure that the sound quality is as good as we can get it. So I can do a few tweaks using that. I also on some occasions, fit together different bits of interview. Uh, This month, the interview came in three separate bits. I'm guessing that's because of um, internet interruptions. So we had three different chunks. So I piece it together so that you can't hear the join, which isn't always easy. So I did that. And then I also add in an intro and an outro. Now, the intro and the outro, they were recorded when we first started working together. Again, that's something that I did for her. She did the recording. I just put some, chose some music for her and we put the bed underneath and it sounds brilliant, if I say so myself. And then what I also do is when we're going through the, um, putting the different sections of the uh, podcast together, I make sure if there's a join, we can cover it with a music stab. Maybe if we're moving on to a different part of the uh, of the podcast, we go into we have a we have the different stabs that go in there. I will also then choose which part of the interview, or offer a few few options of bits of the interviews that have been done to use as an audiogram, which I will then make as well. And then put together podcast is then sent to my client who does the rest herself. She also gets the audiogram or she'll say yes or no to the audiogram, send me a picture that she wants me putting on and I'll do do the magic, put it together. So she will then put out the, the podcast online. She'll publish it herself. She hosts it herself and she also writes her own show notes as well. 
Now, I also offer feedback to these clients or say, well, I like this episode for this reason. This could be improved. You might want to work on this. And it's an ongoing process that. So she gets a, a coaching email, a coaching call as well. So typically I would say I spend half a day. Yeah, roughly about half a day working on each episode of this podcast. Client number two different situation. Again, this client does a weekly podcast. Normally it's just them on their own. They occasionally though interview a guest, but it's not a regular occurrence. It's not like once a month. It's not once a fortnight. It's sporadic. That's a good word. A sporadic occurrence. You'll get a guest. In fact, funnily enough, this week she sent me an interview that has a guest in it. So she must have known I was going to be talking about her on this podcast. The podcast length is normally around 20-ish minutes long. So that's the raw, the raw length of the audio. It's normally 20 minutes long. It has been longer when there are guests. Uh, and um, let me tell you, it's much longer this week. It's about an hour longer. So that's a big chunk that I'm going to be working on. Now, she records her podcasts on her own. We did a little coaching session. I showed her how to use microphones, which ones are good ones to use, did a few tests, and now she's flying on them, absolutely flying. So she records those episodes by herself, and she's able to do that particularly because she is recording them just on her own as a little monologue piece. So I think that's usually a lot easier. Um, when she does a guest, she'll either have the person in the in a room with her, or as it is now, she'll do it on Zoom. Normally, these are pretty much done in one take. I usually get one one file sent to me. So generally, it's a, a listen through, take out the ums, the errs, the full starts and the mistakes. What's lovely about this client is she will leave me little messages during the recording. So it will, she'll stumble over something or she'll want to start again. Then she'll go, oh, Charlotte, I am so sorry. You're going to have to edit this bit out. <laughs> so, well, and then she'll go, I'm going to take it back to this point. And that makes my life a lot easier. So whereas client number one sends me the list of edits, uh, client number two just leaves me a little message in the, in the audio, which is lovely. Now, not going to lie, there have been times when it's been quite tricky with this client, not because of her, but because of the stuff that's been sent. There have been topics because the, the topics that she talks about are quite sensitive. So we've had to have discussions about whether the the people that she's aim, aiming the podcast at, is this the right level for them? Are there any pointers that we need to do? Do we need to put people to signpost people to extra services that are out there? Are these the right words to use? clarification as to whether we can use stories or not is this person going to be identifiable is that okay if they are identifiable do they know that they're going to be talked about on this episode those sorts of things we have gone to or through a few times also copyright she came to me the other week said i want to talk about some songs is it okay if i do this this and this can i talk about the lyrics or not I said, well, don't play them, don't sing them. Uh, if you're talking about the lyrics, absolutely, it should be fine. But you can't just chuck in a song and expect to get away with it. So this is where I would say my years of working as a broadcast journalist, having that working legal knowledge has come in really, really useful for me. I can put my journalist hat on, I can put my producer hat on, and I don't just point out those tricky moments that are there that might end up in with problems. I offer a solution to that tricky moment as as well. 
I would just like to point out at this, this moment, I'm not a copyright lawyer or a copyright specialist, but I have a working knowledge of the kind of general things you can and can't do. And nine times out of 10, you can't do it. If you think you can't do it, you probably can't. That's all I'll say on that. Um, so for this client, not only do I edit the podcast that she sends over to me, I also create the audiogram. I upload the podcast, though I also do the show description for it as well. So essentially, once this client has recorded their podcast, they send it to me and I do everything else. It's very much a, I do the faffy stuff. I take it all out and do it all for her. Now, given that this is around about 20 to 30 minutes of raw audio, I typically spend probably around two hours working on each episode of this podcast. So that's the listening through, the editing, the audiogram and the, the sending it out and uploading it and doing the tits and the tinsel. So that's kind of an example of what I do to edit and offer services to my clients. Other things that I do, it's not limited to just that. Other things I do, I'll do planning sessions with people that want to just learn about how to plan a podcast. So we can get that done. I also do things such as just even doing the audiograms for people. Some people just want me to do their audiograms for them. And for a couple of clients, I even host the podcast. So you get my dulcet tones on a couple of other podcasts uh, as well. So yeah, I really can do pretty much anything when it comes to the podcasting side of things. I'm not saying for one minute you need person to do all of that but I just want to explain the different ranges that are out there, the different options that you have if you want to outsource your, your podcast faff. There we go. Let's call it. Let's call it what it is. If you want to outsource the faffiness of your podcast, but essentially the editing. When it comes to the actual editing itself, there's a process I go through. This is my process. I think everyone has a slightly different way of doing things. But again, this has come from my background in radio, really and truly. This is very much the way I was brought up in radio. There are probably people out there who've got a million other tricks up their sleeves, but this is how I do it and this is how I know that it works. So someone will send me the audio or if I've recorded the audio, let's do it separately actually because they, they, they are different ways of doing it. So if I've been part of the recording, while the recording is going on, I'll be making notes about the different points that things need sorting out. So the big editorial things, if there's been a big, like, you know, a restart or if there's been a, re a redoing of the question or if, I, if someone's gone off point and I need to, you know, and I know that actually that bit's just going to make no, it's, a, it's an easy bit to cut out. I don't want to say it's boring because that's, that's mean. But essentially, that's what I'm thinking in my head, okay? Don't tell anybody that I've said that. But what I mean is if someone's gone off on a tangent, because we all do it, I'll just note the time that it's that it's gone on and just have that ready. So when it comes to doing my editing, I've done some of the edits already because they're noted down in front of me. I've got the timestamps. I know where I am. Cut it, cut it. Get rid of that dish. Gone. Nice, nice and easy. And then I'll do the, the rest of the editing. So then I'll take out the ums and the ers where it's necessary. And I will also be able to do the intros and the outros putting on and, and all the rest of it that, that we do. So that does also involve sometimes playing around with the sound. Um, I like to think I'm a sound engineer now. Yeah, a little bit. 
So I use Adobe Audition as my editing software. There are others out there that are freer. Adobe Audition does charge as cost, so you can use Audacity, which is a free option. If you've got a Mac, you can use GarageBand. I had no joy using GarageBand, I'll be honest. I just couldn't get my head around it. And I'll also be honest and say Audacity didn't work for me. But, and here's the big but, this is probably because I am used to using a very similar system to Adobe Audition from all of my radio days. So the way it's very similar to lots of the things I've used in my life as a radio person. So it's just more intuitive for me. There are other options out there as well. You've got Reaper and you've got Hindenburg as well, which are um, software that you can use. But it's really funny because people who are ex-radio tend to use Adobe Audition is what I find. It's one of those one of those little quirks I think so I use Adobe Audition and I make sure that I've got the screen really big so I can see all the waveform the waveform is the, the wiggly bit if that makes any sense the waveform is the wiggly bit that is well, your voice essentially or any other noises that are going on around you I am getting quite good at deciding which is an er uh, an um before I even hear it it's got a certain shape and I will listen through once, if it's a brand new piece of audio, I will listen through once and I'll just press M, which is marker, where there's something that I want to go back and listen to again, or if it's a an erm or er that can get rid of. I will then go through those edits on the second listen. And then from there, I will listen again, just generally. In an ideal world, if that's all gone fine, which it normally does once I've done those two those two through. In an ideal world, I will leave it for a couple of hours minimum, best of all overnight, and then I will listen to that audio again with fresh pair of ears so that I'm not just constantly hearing the same thing over and over and over again. And you, like when you read, you know what it's like when you read something and you just, you know that you've not read it properly and you're just looking at it. Sometimes it can be a bit like that when you're listening to to audio, the same audio over and over again. You miss those mistakes. It's like if you're doing copywriting, you want someone to proofread it. This is a really good way of just putting it to a side and having a look at it or having a listen to it with a fresh pair of ears. Now, this is where I probably go a step I was going to say a step too far, but it's not a step too far. This is where I go an extra step. I also try my best to listen to everything that I put out as a podcast in my car before it goes out as a podcast. Now, that's because most people certainly used to listen to the podcasts in their car or lots of people used to listen to podcasts in their car. And I talk about this all the time, about the, the, the problem of cars is... You've got so much external noise, the roads, you know what it's like when you drive on a loud road, you've got the road noise, you've got all the other the cars going on around you. So if you can hear and if it's clear in the car, then yes, that's when it's ready to go to the client. I wouldn't be happy putting something of mine out without doing all of that. So why would I put something that someone's paying me to do without doing all of that? It's just my way. So that's what I do as a podcast editor and everything else on top. There's also a lot of tea that gets drunk. A lot of tea gets drunk. Um, lots of water gets drunk because I'm looking after my voice. So I've told you all about the dangers of having too much tea and dairy can be annoying. So I do have my water with me at all times. Room temperature water, remember as well. You don't want it cold. You don't want it hot. It's not going to be good for you. Room temperature water. And I also 
probably eat too many snacks as well to get me through the day. But I adore what I do. I love editing. I lo- oh, Honestly, I am the sort of person that when they make a good edit and you know it's a good edit and you can't, you can't hear it, there's no, there's no join and I'll play it and I'll play it to my husband and I'll be like, listen, listen to this, listen to this. And he'll listen to it and he'll go, well, what? I went, did you hear the edit? Did you? Did you hear the edit? And he'll look at me and go, mm, no. I'm like, yes, I've won. That's a good edit. And then I'll play him the unedited version as well, just to prove it was an edit <laughs> that I've made. I, I, yes, I know I need to get out more, but none of us are getting out at the moment. There's a pandemic, remember? So outsourcing is a blinking good idea, not just for every bit of your business really but you don't need me to tell you about that so i honestly if you are struggling to do your podcast if you are struggling to think oh how am i going to get this on top of that on top of this it's too much to learn go and get your podcast editing sorted go and just hire somebody to do it because it's also really good to have a second pair of ears across your podcast anyway i have someone listen to my podcast and hear the great edit that it is Uh, but I seriously do it's something that I think is really worth doing so there we go that is a day in the life of a podcast editor and my thoughts on why you should get somebody else to edit your podcast for you I hope you've enjoyed it I would love to know what podcasting outsourcing you do do you get someone to write your show notes for you do you get someone to do your editing for you is it the same person let me know. Get in touch in all the normal ways. I am Charlotte Foster Podcasts on Facebook and on Instagram. On Twitter, I am at C Foster Podcasts, which is the professional account. The personal account is at Charlotte Foster. I talk about podcasts there, but I also have some fun little rants. I will moan about the cat costing me a fortune. He is at the moment. And I will also probably talk about rugby and there will be some running selfies as well. So that's your fair warning. And I'm on LinkedIn as well. Charlotte Foster, podcast queen, because I like to think that I am the queen of podcasting. You know, I come from Royal Berkshire. Good enough for me. Good enough for you. I think so. Right, look after yourselves and I'll be back with you next week. <laughs>